listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 6.06, Wednesday morning. Mike Casper is out this week. I'm Rick Worthington filling in for the time being. Sorry about that. And welcome to Wednesday. And that's Chris Walton over there. Mm-hmm. Man, has he got news coming out his ears today to talk to you guys about. <laughs> Not like nothing happened yesterday. My gosh, we have some pretty big local headlines to share with you and talk about today. Mm-hmm. Of course, there was the January 6th commission hearing yesterday afternoon. Mm-hmm. I watched every bit of that. Couldn't take my eyes off it. I watched several, a lot of it. I watched a lot of it myself yesterday. Several times I caught myself with my mouth hanging open just going, What? What what? I think I was less surprised by the things that were re- revealed, but uh I yeah, like yourself, I mean I just kept watching. Yeah. So there's some of that to discuss today and try and unpack. Um let's start with the local side. Yesterday afternoon there was a rally at the Capitol. It was a protest. I guess not really a protest. It was a rally, I think is the only way to say it. It was in regards to uh, the, let's just call it a pro-choice rally yesterday at the Idaho State House. It was against the uh, recent Roe v. Wade decision. But see, it was a counter-protest because it was a anti-abortion rally that was going on and there were several noteworthy people that were there speaking Mm -hmm. so it was really a pro-choice counter protest that was going on idaho state police say they had to make two arrests yesterday one battery on a law enforcement officer the other for disturbing the peace uh they didn't identify the two people who were arrested but they weren't acting very well and uh that's how that goes. Disturbing the peace always seems to be one of those charges that they uh, reserve, not necessarily for somebody who's just making a lot of noise, but somebody who they'd really like to see go home. Right. Um, so it w- there were both rallies going on at the same time, and anytime you're going to have a, a big rally and there's a counter-protest like going yeah. on across the street, and it's... This heated of an issue? Were they out shouting one another? Oh, my gosh. Just. Speaking of heat. That's a bad place to be. It's got a yep. bad, bad time to hold one anyway. Yeah. I don't think I would have wanted to be sitting out at a rally yesterday. But again, when you believe in an issue, such as at abortion one way or the other, it doesn't up, matter which side you're yeah, on. You'll put up with the heat. Yeah. That's true. You can, uh, you can buy a big funny hat and some sunscreen and, you know, take a little water with you and you'll be all right. Um <laughs> Have you heard (laughs) the story that uh, was uh, put out by Boise Dev yesterday? Mm -hmm, I have. It was was about uh, rock slides and whatnot. Yeah. Um, I was surprised. I'm going to play the audio that uh, Debbie McAllister did for us on this. Can I play this audio real quick, Nathaniel? Uh, Boise Dev reporting that ITD was aware of some issues on Highway 55 and... um, Yeah, it was pretty significant. A Boise Dev investigation finds that the Idaho Transportation Department knew of Idaho Highway 55 issues before a major slide narrowly missed a driver, and now it's millions of dollars over budget. On November 18th, 2021, according to Boise Dev's investigation, while a traffic safety vehicle guided a line of cars through the tight construction zone, 
tons of material crashed down from the blasted cliff face onto the highway and came close to crushing the pilot car and any others following behind. Boise Dev's investigation revealed years of warning signs of unstable slopes, raised questions about the rigor of geotechnical analysis prior to construction, and pointed to a price tag of over $15 million more than the original bid. Uh, Debbie McAllister reporting there. The story, though, done by Boise Dev and uh, Margaret Carmel, uh, about six months' worth of investigation on this story uh, went into the uh, Boise Dev story that was published yesterday. A really, really good story uh, with some pretty big implications there, I would say. So the the implication, though, is that Somebody at the Department of Transportation. Yeah, they knew that it was not very. Um, dropped the uh, boulder. Yeah, yeah, it was. It, it was not very safe, and that there are millions over budget on this yeah. isn't a, a little thing either. By the way, Margaret Carmel will come on and speak to us today around eight thirty. Okay, we'll get a chance to talk to her about this report and uh, how she came across the information, and uh, we'll give her an uh, an atta girl anyway for a. Uh, putting so much time and effort into a story like that. So we'll have that for you today. And uh, we don't want to completely bury all the national things that went on yesterday about the, uh, oh, the days leading up to the January 6th riot at the Capitol. What was going on backstage during the, uh, the rally? Well, and and, and what people happened have been, when when the president yeah. was trying to get to the Capitol himself? People wanted to know, starting uh, you know that evening, when the president had said we're all going to you know walk down to the Capitol together. They wanted to know what what happened to him because he you know more or less disappeared. Well, it wasn't his fault. He wanted to be at the Capitol building, right, and probably go down there and get up on the scaffolding and make another speech. Secret Service wouldn't let him do it. As is the Secret Service's job, as you know. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, the President of the United they, they States not only usually to, can order everybody yeah. around to tell anyone and everyone where it is they can go and what to do with it if they don't want to. But Secret Service does have, <laughs> yeah. I want to call it veto power. <laughs> well, and they We're do. not going. If, if, if it's uh, not safe, we're not taking you there. Exactly. If, if he uh, suddenly gets into a situation that they judge is dangerous, they do take over. And, uh, I mean, you saw him clear back in 1981 shoving Reagan into a car. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was just shot. But You can you... be whisked away by the Secret Service <laughs> yes, whether you, you want to be or not. Be like if you break your arm in Disneyland. You'll right. Be, you'll disappear in seconds. That's right. But different reasons and different personnel. And, yeah, you're right, though. True. You're right, though. It's not first aid related. You'll get an underground tour of Disneyland in a very different kind of way. The reason I say that is my mother did. She... Uh, was uh, leading uh, two toddlers by the hand, uh, walking through Disneyland. One of them crossed in front of her, and she tripped and fell and broke her arm. Oh, man. And uh, she was probably on the ground for seven seconds before she was backstage at Disney. No kidding. Yeah. I'll be darned. Um, it was Representative Liz Cheney that uh, led the questioning yesterday of the White House staffer, uh, the young woman who... Well, she was a special assistant to Mark Meadows. Uh, Cassidy Hutchinson is her name. And while some people would make you believe that she's not really anybody that didn't have uh, 
a very big job and wasn't very good at it. At least that's some of what I saw online yesterday. That may not be true whatsoever. More than that, she showed a lot of bravery to come forward and speak. This was a a loyal Trump staffer that was there until the very end. And testimony from a person like that not only has a little bit of sway with me, but I think with the, a, a lot of people who listened, I think there's only one piece of her story yesterday that is in question that anybody at all has stood up and said, I'm not so sure about that. And it's in regards to her discussing Trump being in the beast, the the, the vehicle and reaching for the wheel and being in some type of uh, altercation yeah. with one of the... She wasn't in the car. She was not. She was giving secondhand she, information. Right. And the Secret Service has said, hey, we'll swear under oath that that's not how it went down. Oh, really? That's what I understand. Okay. So what she said was secondhand information. Well, she yeah. was told by so-and-so that this is what happened inside the car. Trump says that's not what happened. So she's telling service is saying she's telling that's the not truth. Really what she's telling the truth when she says this is what I heard. Yes, but as far as that goes, that's you know, correct. We don't know. That's correct. Okay, but we'll dive into that a little bit. You're going to want to hear some more about that today. So we'll we'll deliver on that. In the meantime, it's time for us to jump into sports this morning. It's brought to you by our good friends at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Today is Wednesday. It's one of my favorite soups of the whole week. Baked potato, cheddar, jalapeno, bacon. I don't know in what order that recipe goes, but it's really, really good. It's got just the right amount of spice, by the way. Today. I'd love to go get some of that soup today, Nathaniel. He's looking at me with the puppy dog eyes like, please take me to get some soup today, Rick. <laughs> I know. Uh, two locations of Fat Guys Fresh Deli. You can see them in Meridian or in Boise at their new location. You can call ahead. Their doors open at 1030. I would tell you this. If you haven't made lunch plans today, you won't be disappointed with Fat Guys Fresh Deli. All right. little baseball for you. Mariners haven't been able to get off the schneid. Last night, they took on the Orioles. Here's the stretch and the 0-2. It's on the way to Winker, swing and a fly ball deep into the gap in right center field. Hayes going back to the one, he tracked near the wall, leaps up, and this one is off the top of the fence. Extra bases, Crawford will score. Julio rounding third, he'll score. Jesse Winker in its second base with a two-out, two-run double, and the Mariners have the lead. Two to nothing here in the bottom of the eighth inning. Hey, 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 Mariner fans. That's a victory for you. A shutout win as well. Mariners beat Baltimore 2-0. The call on Cairo Radio as Jesse Winker gets the job done. It was the Yankees taking on the Oakland A's yesterday. Swung on, here goes the deep right center. It is high. It is far. It is gone. It is going, going, Gonzalez. (laughs) Homers to right center field, and the Yankees take a 2-0 lead. Yeah, the worst two teams in the uh, AL West right there with highlights for you. Gonzaga as well. Yeah. Uh, Good job for Marwin Gonzalez hitting that homer. Yankees beating the A's by a score of 2-1. Lots of other baseball scores to give to you. The Giants beat Detroit 4-3. Arizona, a winner over San Diego, 7-6. The White Sox hammered up on the uh, Angels 11-4 yesterday. Colorado 7 to 4 over the Dodgers, Texas 8 to 3 over KC, 
Cincinnati gets a win over the Cubbies by a score of 5-3. to three. St. Louis by the Marlins as well by a score of 5-3. to three. It was a full slate of baseball games yesterday. We'll give you more when we get around to it. KBOI News Time is 618. Good promise. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris live and local on News Talk KBOI. Good morning. It's 624 on News Talk KBOI. A very comfortable 60 degrees outside on this Wednesday morning. And by the way, I'm Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today. Mike will be back next week after our 4th of July holiday. Chris Walton is sitting over there. Uh, There was quite a bit of news yesterday. Uh, I don't want to gloss over one of the big stories of yesterday. A lot of people were not talking about uh, Giselle Maxwell, the associate of Jeffrey Epstein, who lured underage girls into the disgraced financier's lurid world. She was sentenced. How do you say her first name? Is it Ghislaine or Ghislaine? Ghislaine? I always just say Ghislaine, but that's, yeah, that's Ghislaine is probably, I don't know. I How about uh, Ms. Maxwell? Yeah. yeah. She was sentenced 20 years in the federal pen. She'll spend some... Uh, some good time in the Gray Bar Hotel, also $750,000 in fines following her December conviction on five criminal counts, including sex trafficking. Somebody spoke and said, well, you know, the person who should be getting sentenced today isn't here. Uh, and uh, the report that I was listening to said that, you know, Jeffrey Epstein uh, killed himself. And I could just hear somebody go, no, he didn't. Uh-uh. Yeah, I would... Uh, that was going around Twitter and Facebook for a while. People would say yeah. just about anything, and afterward they'd say, Epstein didn't kill himself. She addressed the court for five minutes and said she emphasized, or empathized with the victims, but she did not take responsibility for causing their suffering. She said she wished she'd never met Epstein. That was something. Well, you know, there is that. Uh, she said in a statement from victims and accusers were terribly difficult to hear and that it was difficult to absorb the scale and extent of their experiences. Uh, She did say she was sorry for the pain that they experienced and hoped that her conviction and harsh incarceration bring some closure. Or for short, incarceration. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that happened yesterday. Um... Probably not the last we will hear of that. I understand that she was put on suicide watch as well. Um, but she didn't do it. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. Maxwell no, 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 said really, Sunday she, that she, she had been put on she really suicide she's, watch. She's basically fine except for being in prison. There's that. Yeah. Um, so, okay, it it's not A1 on your uh, list of news stories to read today, but it did happen, and it's, you know, still a pretty big story overall, anything that happened to do with Epstein. There's still an awful lot that she could tell us about all that went on there that she has not volunteered. I wonder if at some point she will decide she doesn't want to be in prison for 20 years and they can make a deal of some kind. I don't know. Just throwing that out there as yeah. an idea. Uh, well, or if she possibly. says to somebody, hey, I'd really like to get out of prison. I have some extra information that I'd like to give. And then suddenly is off the next day. My guess is she probably told everything to get it down to 20 years. Mm, I mean, sure she, told she, was, everything. she was uh, she, she was guilty of uh, 
sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's that's usually kind of a life sentence type of thing. Usually is, yeah. R. Kelly is due in court for sex abuse sentencing today as well. Anybody want to talk about R. Kelly? Me either. Just thought I'd bring it up. News at the bottom of the hour. Uh, we'll catch up on some of your local headlines. We'll have uh, more sports for you as well. And again, we have a guest coming up at 830 today. She is the young lady who delivered the story from Boise Dev about ITD knowing of Highway 55's issues before that major slide. And it narrowly missed a, one of their drivers that was leading cars through that area of Highway 55. And that now that budget is millions over. We'll hear from her at 8.30 today. That's Margaret Carmel. There also could be, we'll we'll, uh, talk about this a little bit later, there could be some picketing going on at airports today. Well, you never know. We'll talk about that as well. So, stand by. News is on the way next. KBOI News Time is 628. For your Google Play, simply say, hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 641 on News Talk KBOI. Again, we'll take your calls today at 208-336-3700. House Select Committee investigating the U.S. Capitol attack heard stunning testimony yesterday from Cassidy Hutchinson. She's a former top aide to then White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. She told the committee and an international TV audience that then-President Donald Trump was warned about potential violence and crimes that he wanted supporters with weapons let into his January 6th rally, and then she was told he uh, demanded his security detail take him to the Capitol. It's never a good idea to have uh, you know, guns around the president, as we know, no matter who they are. But he had, a, he had kind of a good point. He says, these people aren't here to hurt me. I don't think he was wrong at all. I still don't know that it's a great idea to, you know, yeah, allow that. Um, but hey, just to be on the safe side, which by the way is the job of the secret service yesterday, it was the sixth hearing investigating what the committee says was a conspiracy by Trump and his allies to overturn the election. There is a, a kind of way everything unfolded yesterday. I'm reading from ABC news, by the way, uh, that, uh, Liz Cheney, who was the, uh, person who was questioning said she raised concerns about witness intimidation and uh, encouraged others to come forward that so far have not been cooperative. Um, <clears throat> she is the vice chair of the committee, by the way, Representative Liz Cheney. And she said that uh, there was some intimidation yesterday, um, mentioning that, uh, and they even put this on the big screen yesterday, and of course everything's a big screen when you're sitting and watching at home, uh, members, uh, she showed everybody a text message that read a person. Let me know your deposition tomorrow. Wants me to let you know that he's thinking about you. He knows you're loyal and you're going to do the right thing when you go in for your deposition. Quote, I think most Americans know that attempting to influence witnesses to testify untruthfully presents very serious concerns. Cheney said in her closing remarks, adding that the panel We'll be discussing the issue and considering next steps. However, that uh, that text was worded in such a way that uh, you know it 
depending on how you look at it, it could be damning or innocuous. I mean, either either way, really, because it, it, it's, it's not proof of anything. You well, know? Uh, what they really did is they didn't tell everybody that the young lady who was going to testify yesterday was going to be there so that she wouldn't get yeah. hammered by um, anybody who wanted to try and intimidate her. It was a last-minute thing. They kept everybody away from her. They had taped deposition material that we had seen before, but you can't do anything about taped information. So then when all of a sudden she's coming forward to give testimony, it's a big surprise. And the testimony that she gave yesterday was pretty relevant. Surprising to some. Uh, Curtis writes in, he says her testimony was mostly hearsay and innuendo, not very substantial. There was There was some. There was some hearsay, like, for instance, when she was talking about what went on inside the a presidential limousine uh, because she wasn't there, but she heard from somebody she says was in there. Uh, on the other hand, most of uh, what she heard, um, she heard directly. She, you know, she, she it, was, it was more than half of what she mm-hmm. heard. She heard directly. It wasn't hearsay uh, because she was describing like what was going on, what people looked like, and what their answers were to certain questions, things like that on January 6th. And I, I mean, like I said, not not any of it really surprised me. Yeah, the people who I thought would be angry were the people who uh, I thought would be scared were. Yeah, I think the um, testimony itself was really shocking because it painted a picture of what Donald Trump was like in the months, but, weeks leading up to. But you know what? It, what happened on January sixth? What it made me think is: is I wonder if they had just let him go down to the Capitol with everybody, would anybody have? even bothered to try to break into the Capitol. I don't know the they, answer they, to that. They still might have because what they wanted to do was inside the Capitol, not outside. Right. But if he was just down there talking to everybody outside, uh, you know, chances are it wouldn't have uh, overheated like it did. 646, it's time for sports on News Talk KBOI. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian, where you always trust a fat sandwich. Their menu is online, they do offer catering, and they offer in two locations, in Meridian and in Boise. Call them today in Meridian, 208-855-0424. You can order ahead of time and have it ready when you show up. Or you can call them in Boise, 208-908-6930. Today is a great soup, by the way. Check it out at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Serena Williams planned tennis again yesterday and addressed the media following her loss. To Harmony Tan in the first round at Wimbledon. It was Williams' first singles appearance since she suffered a leg injury during last year's Wimbledon. She didn't rule out an appearance, though, in the U.S. Open. It definitely makes me want to hit the practice courts because, you know, when you're playing not bad and you're so close and, you know, just like I said, any other opponent probably would have suited my game better. Um so yeah, I feel like that um, it definitely get, it's actually kind of like okay, Serena, you're you could do this if you want. Um, there's definitely you know lots of motivation to get better and to play, you know, at home. I mean, it, it's the first round. She made an early exit in a big tournament, but she's still the greatest women's tennis player of all time. I mean. She suffered a leg injury. She had a child. I mean, this is what happens when you get a little older. But I think that she uh, we'll see more from Serena Williams. And and this includes like Martina Navratilova and all of them. She uh, definitely was the most dominating 
uh, female tennis player, I, I, th- I think, in, in U.S. history. I don't think anybody will dispute that. We'll talk more about tennis. Rafael Nadal addressing the media as well yesterday. KBOI News Time is 648. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Just about top of the hour, ABC News on the way for you. But first, our damn near impossible question. A chance for you to get ahead in that game today. Have you got a question for us today, Chris? I do, and uh, I probably should be giving that right now. Let's see. what. Hang on. The question is... Uh, former U.S. Congressman Fred Grandy turns 74 today. Mm-hmm. Now, before he was elected to represent the state of Iowa in the House of Representatives, Fred Grandy was an actor. Tell us the animal-themed name of the character he played on TV for nine seasons in the 70s and 80s and the name of the hit TV show on which he played that character. An actor that was elected to a public position like that really <laughs> that never happened you mean a tv personality yeah, that, what uh, do you yeah, know became a big deal yeah that never happened hey, all right hardly ever anyway we'll have a chance for you to win uh in the eight o'clock hour so stand by for that also we'll take your calls all morning long 208-336-3700 kbui news time it is seven o'clock be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. Glad you're with us on News Talk KBOI this morning. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today at 7.08. Chris Walton is sitting over there. And we will be discussing what happened during the uh, commission hearing that was held yesterday. Uh, Utah Republican Congressman John Curtis talking with ABC a little bit last night about what he heard. I must, I must say the testimony about what happened in the car with the president um, is a perfect example of, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, I want to know more, right? Yeah. But apparently, if you believe what we're hearing from the Secret Service, that may not have happened the way that it was told yesterday. Cassidy Hutchinson the uh, young lady that was giving testimony yesterday gave secondhand information. Hey, that doesn't mean she was lying, by the way. She was under oath. But, you know, it's acceptable oh, when you oath. say, hey, yeah. this is what I was told was exactly. happen, but I didn't see it. You know, exactly. She, she may is... have been telling the truth, but that's not how it went down. Right. So, okay, we'll just take it at face value. By the way, the president president trump says that didn't happen and there are some secret service agents that are willing to take the oath and give testimony that that's not how that went down either so we'll just we'll see we'll see i'm i'm willing to say that if the secret service is going to testify that that's not what happened i'll believe them that that's not what happened okay okay but there was plenty to unpack yesterday, um, I really think this is the most damning testimony we've seen uh, uh, to this point. That's just an opinion. We'll take your calls on it at 208-336-3700. It bolstered the narrative that the committee has been driving towards over the last couple of weeks, that Trump incited and supported the insurrection as part of a desperate power grab to steal the second term 
and that many of his top advisors thought his schemes were illegal. His what ad- they've been pushing for, anyway. His, his advisors, for the most part, had advised him not to do this. Right. Doesn't look like he uh, heeded their warnings, though. Hutchin moving the ball forward in terms of establishing that Trump was personally aware of the potential for violence, but forged ahead on January 6th with his attempt to rile up his supporters to interfere with the joint session of Congress to certify President Joe Biden's victory. She said that Trump was told that morning that weapons were being confiscated from some of his supporters who came to the rally. Later, when Trump and his team were at the Ellipse, which is where they were doing the rally that day, that's the large oval lawn on the south side of the White House before his speech, Trump barked out orders to his staffers to take the mags away. And mags are metal detectors. Because there was folks in the crowd that had these weapons. But the president said, well, they're not here to hurt me. Take the mags away. It's all good. Trump also said that he didn't care. Well, he said he effing didn't effing care that they had weapons. And that's a little shocking because Trump then encouraged the same crowd to head on down to the Capitol. Where lawmakers were affirming Joe Biden's victory. So he knew that he was, there was weapons. He was looking he didn't for really a, care, and he was ready to take him down to the Capitol, armed or not. Yeah, he was looking for a show of strength that day. Yes, he was. He very much wanted to be part of that crowd in marching with them to the Capitol. Very much wanted to be a part of that. And I'm not going to lie, that gives him a lot of credibility with that group of people. Yeah. Um, he said he was going to go. He wanted to go. He pushed people out of the way so that he could go and eventually had to be restrained by the secret service to say, no, you're not, you're not going to go, but he did everything he could to get there. Interestingly, they didn't feel like it was a safe situation. The select committee effectively tried to prove as much yesterday by featuring a mix of damning witness testimony and White House records that show Trump intended to join his supporters at the Capitol and was pushing to do so just minutes before the violence began to escalate. And it was previously known that Trump wanted to go to the Capitol, but Hutchinson's testimony established for the first time that people around Trump had advanced knowledge of his plan and they were doing what they could to try and keep him from doing that. I told you we'd take your calls, 208-336-3700. 1-800-529-KBOI or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. And Daniel from Emmett is calling in this morning. Daniel, you're first up today. How are you doing? I'm uh, doing okay. I can do without the high blood pressure. Listen to you guys uh, talk about the hearings. Here's where I'm at. In a court of law, you get rebuttal. And then you find out some of this is just kind of murky stuff. And, you know, but everybody's, you know, well, you seem to talk about like this is gospel. You rebut some of these witnesses and you're going to start scratching your head, but it's not allowed. This is a show. This is not a trial. You are hearing one side. If you ever watch the trial, you'll find out. If you just listen to one side, God, you know they're right. You have to have rebuttal, and I think you are going over the top. to support. And don't get me wrong. He was no saint, I'm sure. 
But the fact that uh, they can say whatever they want without rebuttal, to me, it's a, the whole thing ends up being a joke. Right. Well, and I, I can appreciate that, Daniel. I really can. But it's not a trial. It's not a trial. It's a hearing. And Republicans did have an opportunity to put who they wanted on the committee and chose not to do so, uh, which I think oh, was no, a mistake. No, no, no. I really think that was a mistake. Oh. McCarthy had the oh, opportunity. No, no. Kevin McCarthy had the opportunity to put Republicans on this panel and chose not to do so. They wouldn't. The ones he decided to put on, they wouldn't allow. And he said, if you won't allow the ones I want, forget you. And, uh, you know, you, oh, anyway. Well, hey, I'm, have a good day. I, I appreciate that. And I'm sorry about your blood pressure, Daniel, but I do appreciate calling today. But, I mean, yeah, he, he did submit names. But uh, Jim Jordan, I remember, was on the list, and, and uh, some of those people were rejected. Uh, I, I, I that let's see. The, I think the uh, the reason given was that they got rid of anybody that they thought would be disruptive. I still think it was a mistake not to put some select people on that committee. And I mean, yeah, I get that the the ones they really wanted the on truth, there. To tell you the truth, I think they should have they should have allowed just whoever they wanted. You know. That way, nobody'd be saying, "Okay, it wasn't fair." I agree. People would be saying, "Okay." I, I mean, agree. One hundred percent. There were people all over the place. Rebuttal is important, so I'm not disagreeing with what you said at all, Daniel. Just saying the testimony that was given was under oath. I think it's valid, and there really aren't too many people standing up and saying, "Hey, that was all trash. That was all garbage." There is one particular point of testimony in regards to what happened inside the SUV that is being disputed. Not a lot of other things are being disputed. Inside the beast. Inside the beast, right. All right, it's time for sports at 716. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Always trust a fat sandwich. That's what you'll find with Fat Guys Fresh Deli. By the way, they do catering. I mean... You go in every day and you get a great soup. You get some great sandwiches, but uh, you can do catering. They will take care of you at Fat Guy's Fresh Deli and Meridian. All right. What do we have for sports today? Well, how about a little Major League Baseball? The Giants taking on the Tigers yesterday. Here's the pitch. Swinging a line drive, base hit center field. Rough scores. Here comes Longoria. He's going to score. Yastrzemski comes through. It's 4 nothing Giants. Call on KMBR. Mike Yastrzemski, yes, he is the grandson of the Hall of Famer. Single to center, scoring uh, Longoria, rough in the bottom of the fifth. Giants ended up beating Detroit 4-3. to By the way, Giants have been playing some pretty good baseball lately. You know who else has? The Houston Astros. Certainly could have won the 2-0. And Gurriel hits it pretty deep to left field. Going back on it is Canna at the wall. Looking up. See you later. Yuli Gurriel goes yard for the sixth time this year, and it is nine to nothing Astros. Gurriel homering to left center. Astros beat the Mets by a score of nine to one. One more highlight for you. This is Braves and Phillies. Two on the mat. Hit well to right field, rising back to the wall, and the Braves have the lead. A thunderous blast by Matt Olson. And he indeed parks one over the right field wall, and the Braves are back on top, 4-3. to three. Call on 680, the fan Matt Olson, who should be with the Oakland A's, but they got him for a song in Atlanta. Why not, when the A's are giving everybody away? 
Sorry, just a little something there. Matt Olson homering to right center in the top of the eighth. Braves beat Philly by a score of five to three. Other games: Cleveland winner over Minnesota three to two. Uh, Washington, your boys defeated Pittsburgh yesterday three to one. Toronto a six five winner over Boston. You saw Milwaukee defeat Tampa Bay five to three, and the Twins over Cleveland again in the second half of their doubleheader six to nothing. KBOI News Time is seven eighteen. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk KBOI. Boise. 724 on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington along with... I almost said Mike Casper. Uh, sorry, Chris Walton. Uh, and we have uh, Kent Owings on with us today because uh, the other guy that would normally be here at this time is a slacker. And apparently needed vacation time from his super stressful job. How you doing, Kent? Hey, doing great. How are you? Good. We're talking a little bit about a bear market bounce today. Or at least that's what we're hoping yes. for. Yeah, that a bear market bounce is one of the most frustrating occasions for an investor. And that's really what we've experienced this last uh, couple weeks. And so we're entering into the third week of a bear market where the average bear market will last 13 months. And so we saw this rally. So that bear market bounce means the overall market is down over 20%. Now it's starting to rally and it gets all of your hopes up. And then all of that air gets let out of the balloon and it drops back down. So, so we saw that yesterday. Um, we've, we've, we've been experiencing that here of that, that, air being let back out. Mm-hmm. We've got another Fed meeting today, and so a lot of investors are looking at that. And and investors are looking for safety. Some of the old school rules of the 60-40, that means 60% equities, 40% bonds. It's just not working like it used to. Bonds are down. Uh, historical lows as well. All right. So when we look at things like this, I imagine there's kind of a rule of thumb, things that you would look to and try and figure this out in some way, shape, or form? What are some of those? Uh, Yep. So some of those things of what I look at is some of the tried and true of what the market's going to do. I do believe it's called modern market theory of where the market's going to do what the market's going to do. And so making sure your money is allocated for your proper timeline. That um, And I just said the average bear market lasts 13 months. It's just a little over a year. And so that that means just hold through it. A lot of people are getting stressed out. Make sure you're diversified. Make sure you're in companies that aren't at risk of completely going under. Mm-hmm. And so that's not in the big risk names. That's some of the, the real tangible companies that have tangible goods that you can you can use and feel in touch. Based on the latest numbers, it looks like China isn't doing very well. I think we expected... Uh, that there would be uh, some backlash because China, a, a lot of cities were completely shut down there for a while, right? Yep, they're starting to open back up. Um, that's something we were looking pretty deep into with some of the Chinese tech stocks and the correlation and of uh, the dot-com bubble because their tech companies are down over 80%. But that's not as predictable. You, you have the political risk, the government. That's that's not as predictable as the U.S. government and and our society to where, you know, our, our GDP, 70% is made up of consumer spending. The majority of China's GDP is real estate. And so real estate has a is a heavy hitter and, and the government's a wild card. And mm-hmm. so that's 
that's where I'm still staying out of Chinese investments right now. Well, not a bad idea. You know, I was talking with Jeremiah the other day. He and I were talking, and I was like, I don't know that anything turns around until gas prices turn around. I think where gas prices go, so does the economy. But that's just, you know, me looking at things from the outside saying, I don't want to spend any money because i got to save all my money to pay for gas. That's There is a lot of truth to that, a lot of truth. And just shipping costs go up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Food costs, energy. inflation. Yep. Oh, you're going to get me all depressed, Kent. Hey, but uh, the good news is we get to hear from you again here in about an hour. So, uh, And for yep. tomorrow. You're going to be in tomorrow as well? Yes, sir. All right on. We'll talk, talk to you to then, you. buddy. Thank you very much. Ken okay. Owens filling in Thank you. for Jeremiah Bates today. Short break. We're coming back with news here at the bottom of the hour. KBOI News Time is 728. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. Glad you're hanging with us on News Talk KBOI this morning. Again, it's Rick Worthington in for my Casper at 735. Uh, it's something you may not have heard about. And I'm just... Not like it's the first time we've heard about something like this, but a man got gored by a bison at Yellowstone National Park. Again. It was about... Uh, well, I guess it's the second attack this year. Um, Yellowstone, Chris, just in case you don't know, it's full of uh, animals. Mm-hmm. They're all wild. Mm-hmm. It's not like somebody just brought their puppy or their kitty and everybody gathered around to take pictures of the kitty cat. It's a big old bison. I was reading a thing the other day, you know, uh, about suggestions that are left in suggestion boxes at uh, Yellowstone and Yosemite and various other places. And uh, there are a lot of people who don't realize that the outdoors is still a wild place. Yeah. Uh, somebody had asked something about, they wanted to know, uh, they had to leave early in the morning. They wanted to know, what time do you let the animals out of their cages and stuff? <laughs> uh, because they wanted to see animals on the way, you know, out of Yellowstone. And uh, they just wanted to make sure that uh, the timing was right. They didn't, gotcha. you know, they, they didn't want to uh, be driving out of the park before the animals were let out to be seen. Well, I mean, it's it's not the kind of thing that we really want to laugh at because it is a man who is recovering from injuries sustained at Yellowstone after mm-hmm. he was charged and then brutally gored by a bison uh, when he and his family got too close to the animal. The incident occurring near Giant Geyser at Old Faithful on Monday when the uh, unidentified man from Colorado Springs, so a guy from Colorado who should know better because it's not <laughs> like they don't have bison near colorado he was walking with his family on the boardwalk at yellowstone national park when the uh, bull bison began charging at them um how close was he to begin with well too close as it turns out it's unclear whether the family had gotten too close uh, to the animal or if the attack was unprovoked if it gores you yeah you got too close yellowstone officials confirmed that the incident remains under investigation they didn't disclose any further information of the man's condition um, some of those boardwalks, they do get right up to areas where the, uh, animals are. And look, if it's a bison or a moose or a grizzly bear, you may want to just keep some distance folks. Just saying Yellowstone's pretty popular a, and we'd like you not to get hurt. If it's a penguin, you took a wrong turn. That's right. Mm-hmm. KBY news time is seven thirty-seven. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Sports on the way here for you in a couple of minutes on News Talk KBOI. 
7.43, so we'll have that for you in just a few. Looks like there's pretty good at UFC fight on this week, or this weekend. Adesanya is one of the better fighters that are out there for UFC, so I'll probably... Well, Nathaniel's excited about that. Look at him shadow boxing over there. Yeah, he is good. Um, <laughs> I got a quick uh, instant message from John regarding Yellowstone's visit. They should have a questionnaire. And if you check that you are from a city, then you need to have an escort. Think of Yellowstone <laughs> like the Serengeti of the U.S., where the people should be in a cage. Yes, folks, uh, no uh, AI or ana- uh, animatronics here. It's uh, wild with paved roads. By the way, there's a story in the Idaho Statesman today about a hiker that uh, suddenly went face-to-face with a grizzly bear in the Wyoming mountains. man was hiking uh, Frank's Peak. That's the highest peak in Wyoming uh, on Monday. This according to Wyoming Fish Frank's, and Game. Frank's Peak is the highest peak? That that's what they said. Okay. It's the highest peak in Wyoming's Absaroka Range. Gotcha. If I said that correctly. If not, I'm sorry. But yeah, it says that that's the highest peak. Um, man had an experience, uh, was hiking at high elevation when he encountered the bear at close range. They said in a news release, the encounter happened too suddenly for him to deploy the bear spray that he was carrying. The man was injured, flown in a helicopter to a hospital in Billings, Montana. Uh, they didn't give his identity. They didn't give us his condition, but, uh, Fishing game doesn't have any plans right now to find or take care of the bear in any way, shape, or form. Um, bear attacks in the U.S. are pretty rare, mm-hmm. as it turns out. Uh, National Park Service says that bears, most attacks, they're trying to defend their food or their cubs yeah, or their space. Uh, it's it's fairly standard if, if a bear wanders into town and hurts somebody, that it'll be euthanized. Should it be standard that if you wander into where the bear lives and it hurts you, that the bear should still be euthanized. Yeah. They give lots of tips in the story as well as to what you should do, what you should do if you run across a bear. They say, number one, you should hike in a group, that you should walk away slowly, but don't turn and wily coyote out of there that if you run, the bear is going to chase you. That's instinct, right? You do that with your dog at home. Same difference. You start running, the dog's going to run right after you. Except Mr. Bear, especially yeah. Mr. Grizzly Bear, is the, going to tackle dif- your butt. The difference being my dog weighs about 18 pounds. This is true. Yeah. This is true. KBUI News Time is 745. Time for our last check on sports. Brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli in two locations now, in Boise and in Meridian. Highest recommendations for you to go and try the soup today. Jalapeno, baked potato, cheddar, bacon, and jalapeno, baked potato, cheddar. Bacon, yeah. It's good. Did I get it all in there? It's the best soup I think they serve during the week. Others will say it's clam chowder. Since I can't eat it, I go with this. But, uh, yeah, definitely we're checking out today at Fat Guy's Fresh Deli in Meridian. Rafael Nadal addressing the media following his first round victory uh, at Wimbledon. 6-4-6-3-3-6-6-4. Nadal also speaking about Serena Williams. And her return to the sport a year after suffering her leg injury. It's great to hear these beautiful things from uh, probably one of the biggest uh, female athletes in the in the history of of the sport in general. 
So, uh, and it's great uh, that she's trying to, to come back. Uh, the only thing that shows is passion and love for the game because after all the things that he, she achieved uh, <laughs> and a long period of time uh, being injured, it's so difficult to try to come back. No, And uh, <laughs> just be here shows that uh, she has... Uh, uh, a lot of <laughs> love for 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 her work and for for this game. Again, Rafael Nadal he won his match. Serena Williams though playing her first competitive singles match in over a year was handed another devastating early exit at Wimbledon seven five one six seven six and lost to Harmony Tan on Tuesday. It took more than three hours and a ten point third set tiebreaker to decide that one. Um, by the way, Tan who is ranked number 115, was making her main draw debut at the tournament and then knocked Serena Williams out of the tournament. That's a pretty big accomplishment for that young lady. Pretty good debut. Harmony Tan did well in that one. KBY News Time, 747. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7.53 on News Talk KBOI. Uh, Got something coming up here for you in a little bit. Uh, Boise Dev reporting yesterday. It's a big story. Uh, I think there are several folks that have published this story now that ITD was aware of the issues on Highway 55 leading up to that rock slide that happened in November that the rock slide that occurred nearly crushed a pilot car and some other vehicles that they were leading through that area where we've seen so many slides and that the budget now is several million (laughs) over uh over budget now um we heard a little more about this uh yesterday afternoon with nate shellman and again today we're going to have the uh person who's responsible for that story, uh, Margaret Carmel, uh, Carmel, I think is how you say that. She will be in at eight thirty today, or on the line uh, to talk to us a little bit about that story. Um, and there's some, you know, some significant things to unpack from that. Debbie McAllister actually voiced a story on that for. You. I'll play it for you real quick so you understand what we're talking about, Nathaniel. A Boise Dev investigation finds that the Idaho Transportation Department knew of Idaho Highway 55 issues before a major slide narrowly missed a driver, and now it's millions of dollars over budget. On November 18, 2021, according to Boise Dev's investigation, while a traffic safety vehicle guided a line of cars through the tight construction zone, tons of material crashed down from the blasted cliff face onto the highway and came close to crushing the pilot car and any others following behind. Boise Dev's investigation revealed years of warning signs of unstable slopes, raised questions about the rigor of geotechnical analysis prior to construction, and pointed to a price tag of over $15 million more than the original bid. Once again, Debbie McAllister uh, voicing the story that was originally done by Boise Dev and uh, Margaret Carmel who again we'll have on at 8.30 to talk to us a little bit about this. Uh, this is significant because this has been a six-month investigation for Boise Deb to get all this information to us now that includes a timeline of events, uh, why ITD built this in the first place, um, 
you know, there, there's a lot to unpack in this, and we're going to talk with her about it and try and get to the bottom of some of this. Is the, is the issue that they should have closed the road long before they did? I think that there are several pieces of this. Number one, because several people nearly got very hurt and or killed in the slide that occurred. And if you knew that it wasn't stable and you allowed cars through anyway, um, well, that could have been, that could have been really bad for a lot of people and probably is worth looking into. Uh, so you've got a budget issue. Mm-hmm. You've got some, um, deniability issues that you need to look at too. So there's more to unpack here and we'll do that at 8:30. We'll take a short break here. We'll come back. Damn near impossible question is coming up for you. KBY news time, 756. Download the 670KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. With Mike Casper out, of course, until next week. I'm Rick Worthington filling in. Damn near impossible question coming your way in the 8 o'clock hour is also a chance for you to win a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. And that's good because I've had the brisket there before. I'm going to tell you right now, I'd like that $50 gift certificate, so if you win... We will be asking you you to call in here in just a little less than half an hour. You will, if you win, uh, you'll win a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. And the number to call, not right now, but in about 20 minutes, 208-336-3700. It is all brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Silver Hawk Realty. Opening doors to the world for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. The question, former U.S. Congressman Fred Grandy turns 74 years old today. It's his birthday. Before he was elected to represent the state of Iowa in the House of Representatives, Fred Grandy was an actor. Tell us the animal-themed name of the character that he played on TV for nine seasons in the 1970s and 1980s, and, if you would, the name of the hit TV show on which he played that character. All right, there you go. Once again, it's brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway. We'll have uh, that coming your way as we get into the 8 o'clock hour. We are going to talk a little more about what happened with the uh, hearing yesterday for January 6th. Some big implications made yesterday. Uh, I think it was as good a testimony as we've heard through this, so we'll talk more about that. And again, this uh, ITD story from Boise Dev coming up as well. KBOI News Time, it's 8 o'clock. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 807 at News Talk KBOI. Again, Rick Worthington filling in for Mike Casper today, who's a big slacker. Something like that, anyway. He's also uh, on vacation. Yeah, there's that. I mean, a good time to take vacation, though. Have you seen everything that happened in the news over the last week? I mean, mm-hmm. where'd you go, Casper? <laughs> Come on, man. Away. <laughs> Can't blame him. Can't blame him. I used to love to answer that. So where are you guys going on vacation? Away? Yeah, we're going to be somewhere. Away from you. Don't worry. <laughs> we'll be just fine. We just don't need to tell you exactly where we've, we're going We've today. set a course for adventure. The almost story a, that we'll be almost telling, saying a theme song there that we'll right. be ill advised. Let's not do that. Okay. The story that we're going to be telling you about at eight thirty, the one where uh, Margaret Carmel is going to come in and discuss it with us. I'll just read you the first couple of paragraphs. On a crisp late fall day last year, less than two hundred feet made all the difference on Idaho Highway fifty five. 
just after 2 p.m. on November 18, 2021, a traffic safety vehicle guided a line of cars through a tight construction zone in the canyon alongside the Picture Act. Did I even say that right? Payette River. Pretty. Thank you. (laughs) A rumbling sound rocked the air. High above the road, tons of material crashed down from the blasted cliff face and spilled across the highway. The slide came a mere 150 feet from crushing the Traffic Corps pilot car and many others following behind on their way through the central Idaho artery. And it took weeks for the road to reopen to traffic. This, the second of three major landslides that closed the corridor over the course of less than a year from March of 2021 through January, disrupting traffic between the Boise Valley and Valley County for days at a time. The slides all occurred within the construction zone for ITD's ambitious multi-year project to flatten the curves of the widening, crash-prone highway snaking through that canyon. The headline says, Getting Dangerous, ITD knew of Idaho 55 issues before major slide, the narrowly missed a driver, and now it's millions over budget. So Margaret Carmel of Boise Dev is the person who put this story out. I believe the Idaho Press, I'm not sure if the Idaho Statesman put it out. I know the Idaho Capital Press or the Idaho Capital Sun put that story in their headlines today as well. And uh, it's an interesting story. It's one that you should hear about. And that's why uh, Margaret Carmel is going to come in and speak to us about that. All right. So stand by for that. Uh, What else have we got going on this hour? We've got a damn near impossible question coming up. We've got uh, some stocks that we'll hear about uh, at the bottom of the hour. And, of course, we're going to talk a little bit about what happened with the January 6th hearing yesterday. Do you... uh about the tesla that caught fire i did not what do you got uh in california uh the firemen had their uh, work cut out for them when a tesla that caught on fire kept reigniting according to a facebook post from the sacramento metropolitan fire district the tesla had been sitting in a wrecking yard for three weeks while waiting to be dismantled after an accident when firefighters arrived on the scene this month they repeatedly extinguished the fire but the car kept reigniting. Teslas have lithium-ion batteries that can present fire and explosion hazards when damaged. The crews decided to create a small pit filled with water to submerge the Tesla in and uh, extinguish the fire. The pit ultimately reduced the total amount of water needed, which was estimated at 4,500 gallons, just what they need in California. Mm, Yeah, because water is an issue there. That's Mm. darn sure. Um, We have a phone. And uh, we encourage you to call it occasionally, 208-336-3700. Trying to tell you that Luke's on the line right now from Boise. Hi, Luke. Thanks very much for calling us on KBOI today. Hey there. Hi there, Luke. What's on your mind? Well, uh, with the situation on 55, I was going to Oregon State, and Oregon was trying to do the same kind of thing on Highway 20 to the coast. And when they started scraping away the trees, somebody had said there was an ancient landslide there, and they put a bunch of pillars in for a massive bridge. And sure enough, all those bridge pillars started shifting. Really? And Mm. it just wound up being a huge cost overrun, just a massive multi-year disaster to fix it. I don't have good answers here, unfortunately, because, I mean, when, when you look at a project like this, 
not only am I not an engineer, I also don't build roads. And trying to tell you about either is way out of my wheelhouse. You know, I can only guess as to how much um, time it takes to even put a project like that together. So I hear a story like this and I say, oh, well, maybe somebody should have known better than to move cars through there if there were so many problems. And on the other hand, I think, well, they've been having problems there forever. Of course they were going to have some problems. So, I mean, I don't know how to make heads or tails and I, of I guess I, I guess they must have known that the rocks were going to come loose and tumble down. There was going to be a slide. Uh, they just didn't have the exact moment pinpointed, so that's why they were running cars. And more there. than that, do you expect a major slide, or it's, it's like, well, we've done well, a lot never of work know. on this. We're, we don't expect much. We now, I'm just, some rocks, I'm guessing but... they just uh, the people that are complaining, I, I guess, expected them simply to uh, close the road. Uh, I'm, I'm hoping they didn't expect them to go up there and glue the rocks back in. Right. I mean, I, I get that. Well, I've, I've got a great uncle here in Boise that was involved on the I-70 project through Glenwood Canyon. And I want to say it was back in the 70s when they finished that. But it's been a constant source of rock falls. And they've had some massive ones that have shut the interstate down for mm. months at a time. And... They put that project in years ago. There's only so much you can do, and if nature's going to screw you, it's going to happen. <laughs> as as I said to the man in Yellowstone that was gored by a bison. I just saw that video this morning. <sighs> That's pretty... Uh, I'm, I'm at, I grew up in Montana, so tourists are a constant source of entertainment. <laughs> He isn't wrong, folks. He isn't wrong. Hey, uh, Luke, thanks very much for the call today. We appreciate it. You take care. Appreciate Some, it. Thanks. Uh, Bye. Sometimes a little gruesome, but apparently still funny. I'm going to tell you, every year at Yellowstone, they've got mm. several of these stories that come out. Hey, you need to make sure that you're not walking up to the cute little bison to take pictures. They are wild animals. Big, strong ones at that, and they'll chuck you away if they want to. Of course, in this case, dude didn't get chucked so much has got gored and uh you know that's a whole different level of man i hope he's okay i think that this particular story strikes me so much is because it's not the foreign tourist that has never seen a bison before it's a dude from colorado springs that got gored yeah so i mean well I if mean, i'm guessing they were on the boardwalk they weren't you know walking through the through the grasses to go up and take picture. It's my phone. Sorry. And this is a guy that was on the boardwalk with his family and, you know, may have gotten between him and some of his other family members to keep them from getting gored for all I know. Yeah, it it's could, just an odd could story. Be a, could be a hero, not, yeah. you know, just a knucklehead. Yeah. I'm saying that guy from Colorado probably has a pretty good idea what Buffalo are capable of. Whereas foreign tourist camera in hand in fanny pack may not that's all i'm saying kboi news time is 8 16 get 670 kboi on alexa first say alexa enable the 670 kboi skill then when you want to listen say alexa open 670 kboi now back to mike casper and chris walton this is casper and chris live and local on news talk kboi 8 23 and it's time to get to the question it's the damn near impossible question. I mean, put the emphasis in the right place is all I'm saying. 
It's not impossible. I, I originally wanted to call it G Whiz uh, Willikers Golly G. Uh, it this is almost impossible, but <laughs> Casper liked the other way. Got it. Got it. Well, he was the decider in that one. Yeah. Uh, we've got a fifty dollar gift certificate to R and R Barbecue. I mean, why not call if you can answer the question? That's all I'm saying. There are some people in line ahead of you, but you never know. Chris, give us the question and uh, tell us who it's brought to you by. Okay. It is, uh, first of all, brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network. For all your real estate needs, call 208-888-4128. You are playing for a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. The question Former U.S. Congressman Fred Grandy turns 74 years old today. Before he was elected to represent the state of Iowa in the House of Representatives, Fred Grandy was an actor. Tell us the animal-themed name of the character he played on TV for nine seasons in the 70s and 80s and the name of the hit TV show on which he played that character. All right. You ready? Let's go to the phones. Lonnie? It's Lonnie, right? Lonnie, you're up first. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Ah, we are excellent. I'm uh, curious how well you know your uh, television animals or television it was animals just, who you are now just, legislators. It was just an, it was just animal themed. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. Give it to me. What do you know? Uh, gopher on the love boat. You got it. How in the first heck answer did you know is that? correct. How did you know that? You probably lived through the '70s. You know, like I did. I'm an old man. (laughs) That'll do. (laughs) Take your word for it, Lonnie. Congratulations. Get some barbecue at R&R Barbecue. A $50 gift certificate coming your way. We'll just put you on hold and get you some information uh, or get some information from you before you can go down there. But I'll tell you what, that is is good. Yeah, well done by you. By Uh, the way, the Love Boat, one of the worst programs ever. All-time worst shows. Love Boat has got to be on that list. You think so? Yes, I think so. Uh I mean, along with a lot of other 70s television shows that were just complete garbage, there were uh, well, a couple I mean, it, of good ones. It, it, was, it, it was a top 10 show during its run. I'm, I'm, not, not, say, I'm not saying it yeah. was necessarily high quality, but it was a top 10 show. It was considered an hour-long sitcom, which is unusual. Yeah. But it lasted nine seasons, so not bad. And then they, they tried for a comeback later, but uh, couldn't get the same magic going. They did that with, uh, what, Fantasy Island? They had to try it. Tried to a little come back. Fantasy on that Islands, uh, they haven't canceled that yet. Well, it's going to happen. Well, let me just say they probably ought to, but they haven't yet. Now, there was some bad 70s TV. I think we're all aware of that. I don't need to share any more with you. Bad and yet popular. <laughs> it will make a comeback. Uh, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Again, we have a special guest coming on the air with us. She is a writer for Boise Dev, and she did a really fantastic story that we want to give her all the credit in the world for. Margaret Carmel will come on and talk to us about ITD and what did they know about Highway 55 and the issues and the major rock or landslides that they've had there and about a very sticky situation that almost cost some people their lives as well as what the budget for that problem is right now. So we'll talk with her about that when we come back. KBOI News Time is 826. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. All right, we are just days away from the newest challenge 
from Chef Wally and just cater it by Chef Wally. Now, you know him, you love him, you probably know him best from Fat Guy's Fresh Deli. Uh, most recently, he has been cooking up his deliciousness at the Pork Belly in CUNA, and he is ready now for his newest adventure. I've been telling you about this here for the last month or so, and uh, coming up here um, in just weeks, we are going to have the official website and the phone number to call to be able to book just cater it by Chef Wally. Now, all of us love food trucks, but the one thing about food trucks is, is kind of disappointing is you only get one type of food. With Just Cater It by Chef Wally, he can do any type of food. Matter of fact, he can do multiple types of food because he has a mobile kitchen. It's not a food truck. It's an actual mobile kitchen that is nicer than the kitchen in your house. And it's all self-contained. As a matter of fact, he can do small get-togethers as small as 20 people at your home. Or he could park the darn thing in a field and cook for 200 people. Salmon, prime rib, breakfasts cold pork, even lobster if you want. It's only limited by your imagination and your budget. Like I said, it's not a food truck. It's a mobile kitchen. He is a trained chef, and uh, he can work with you for your wedding, anniversary parties, holiday parties, whatever. It could be a graduation, corporate event. Just Cater by Chef Wally will be coming soon. Keep listening for details about how to book your event. It's on the way in just weeks. And Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 8.37 on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. A very, very big story put out by our friends at Boise Dev yesterday. I think one that has a lot of implications to it and a lot of things to really unpack. After what I understand was a six-month investigation, uh, you'll find this at BoiseDev.com right now. And uh, one of the two that are listed here as authors of this story, Margaret Carmel, joins us here on News Talk KBOI. Good morning, Margaret. How are you? I'm great. It's great to be here. Thank you very much for being on the show with us this morning. I hope we didn't get you too much, uh, or too early anyway. But we we need to try and figure out everything that's in this story and some of the implications that go along with it. Where would you like to start in telling the story? Let's start at the beginning. I think that might be the easiest place. Um, so for years, going back to 2000 and potentially even earlier, ITD wanted to widen a portion of Highway 55. We all know this road. It's the road through the canyon before the Rainbow Bridge when you're going to or from McCall. And they looked at a bunch of different routes and decided it would be cheapest and less um, intrusive on folks to, to keep the road through the canyon and blast out the canyon wall to widen the road. And what ended up happening was they, they started the design process, and then in 2019, an engineer came out and said, hey, this one portion of the rock wall at this uh, section called Cut 8 is very unstable. We need to be mindful of this. And they you know, said that the rock was not, um, they used the word competent. Uh, it, it would not stand up to blasting. How far into, and, how far into the process was this? So they hadn't even started. They oh. had not even, they were just designing the project and someone flagged this one area of the mountain and of the hill and said, this is not stable. We need to redesign the project so the hill will not be as steep whenever we blast the project. 
Um, and so then they, they continued, they started construction. But the public records that we um, found said that they actually did not um, take that initial recommendation and they continued to blast the project at like a steeper hill, steeper angle. And then that particular spot on the mountain was the site of where that second landslide in November of 2021 happened that completely, the, the whole hillside came down, hundreds of truckloads of material onto the road. It closed Highway 55 for many weeks. And um, what we didn't know is that prior is that it happened during the day and the slide came within a hundred, few hundred feet of hitting a pilot car that was traveling through the construction area. It was 150 feet from hitting that vehicle. And so this is all new things that, that we discovered in our search through these records, that there were a lot of warning signs, even in the days leading up to that second slide, that part of the hill was unstable and um, the road stayed open. And I think that raises questions about, you know, if there were discussions of if the road should have been closed or not. What did, what did you find was the, the first big mistake that was made by uh, the DOT? Well, I, I just want to be clear that there's a lot of unanswered questions here. Um, whenever we were going through this, um, this process, my colleague Autumn Robertson and I submitted over 30 questions to ITD about very specific things we found in these records, hoping they would answer these questions about, we have so many warning signs about this, why, you know, what did they mean, Am I, and they, they largely went unanswered. Um, really, the, the first warning sign that we saw was, again, an engineer from ITD flagging a whole section of the hill going back as far as 2019 before construction even started um, and saying, this is dangerous, we need to cut these slopes at a 45-degree angle instead of at a much steeper angle and because we're going to have rock slides and then they continued the project it appears they continued the project anyway without taking that recommendation margaret carmel is who we are speaking with she's with boisedev.com that's where you'll find this story today boisedev.com there are several other pieces of this story margaret though that we have to touch on number one cost overruns there's they're not just over budget they are way over budget on this that's correct um the budget, the project was bidded for the contractor, M.A. Deatley, out of Clarkston, Washington, for $25 million. And now it's estimated that the project will cost between 40 and $45 million. Wow. million. I think I've had that contractor. <laughs> I mean, it happens like that sometimes. Was there any way to avoid that? Or is it because we've seen all these slides that the costs have run so high? So I, that is one of the questions that I was hoping that ITD could explain more. I think there, there, I did see an email that said that the slides did end up costing um, them more money. I mean, that's lost work time. That's um, extra cost for equipment, trying to clear the, clear the material, um, redesigning, all sorts of stuff. And then we've also, again, we've also seen massive, overruns on almost every single project right now due to inflation and labor shortages, material issues, all sorts of stuff. So I'm assuming it's a, it's sort of a confluence of both things. Was that, but that is quite a, 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 a markup. Yeah. Yeah. 
uh, it, it was a six-month investigation. I know you you had to get information from a lot of people. What was the longest you had to wait for information? We waited a very long time. So I submitted my initial records requests to ITD in January when um, at, right after the third landslide, and I did not get the final batch of records that they had to review until two weeks ago, I believe. So it took that, I mean, that tells you the volume of material that we requested. I think it was thousands of pages, all told, um, that we looked through over the course of those several months, and they would release them, you know, a little bit at a time. We'd look through them and just and it was it was a long process to get that information. Gee, that's almost a bureaucracy, isn't it? <laughs> There's another yeah, piece of Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> almost no, weird. There's I was an, just going to say, you know, the Idaho Public Records Law mandates 10, you know, that that public information be released in 10 days. Um, but due to the the volume of what we requested, it took that long for it to churn through um, through legal. And I can't speak to their process, um, but they did provide all these records um, to us for free. It did not it did not take uh, ten days. It took six months, but they did provide them to us for free. Now I, I want to ask one other question before we let you go today, because everybody does want to cover their own backside, and it seems like there is a portion of this that has something to do with that in a geotechnical engineer that said something along the lines of, I'm going to deny everything. What is that about? So in January, there was an email sent from a geotechnical engineer at ITD by the name of Dave Richards. And he went through in his email, a whole list of concerns that he had about um, the project. And he went through and basically said, I think they made a mistake in how they did the design. They did the contract for design build, where they put the road. Um, he also said that the initial, um, he said that the initial geotechnical um, engineering was uh, for the design was flawed because they they didn't do some seismic analysis or drilling to basically determine what the rock looked like before you blow it up. You know, because you don't know whenever you look at a rock wall, you don't know what's behind there and what sort of fault lines are in the rock and how you can design that project. And so he was raising concerns with the extent of how much they examined the rock prior to starting the project and how they designed. And he also said that the initial design for the project relied too much on um, pinned mesh, that mesh that they put up on the side to stop material from coming off of those um, those hillsides, he he said the original designer um, of the project from firm American Geotechnics used uh, used that pin mesh as quote unquote a Swiss Army knife for everything, um, and that it wouldn't be uh, suitable to to contain the rock falls. And so this project, and then he concluded his email basically um, saying, you know, I, I will I will deny everything of. You know, and I don't know exactly what that was a reference to or who he'd be denying it to. But yeah. he did write out, you know, in, in all of his in writing, just laying it out. Here's what his concerns are about right. about the project. Design. I got you. Well, it's a there's a lot there, but it's a really good piece of journalism. And this is why local journalism is still so important. Margaret, great job on that, by the way. Thank you for having me and, and for reading. 
You got it. <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're glad to have you in today. Margaret Carmel, once again, you can read her work along with uh, Autumn Robertson at boisedev.com today. And it's on their front page. And we thank you for your time. KBOI News Time is 847. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Once again, big thanks to Margaret Carmel, BoiseDev.com, who you heard in that segment about Highway 55 and all the things that happened on that road. And my goodness, we could have probably talked to her for another 10 minutes and tried to get more information about that. But I think, Chris, there are maybe only a couple of conclusions that you can come to after you hear a story like that, which is somebody at ITD may not have done uh, as much research or gotten as much good information as they needed to before that project was started. And in the end, it's going to cost us millions and it nearly cost some folks their lives in that rock slide that happened in November of last year. When they got that suggestion from the engineer. That that told them the rock was was unstable. They they probably should have stopped everything and attempted to fix that first. Maybe maybe that's how you do that, or maybe you just close the road until it's you know until not, there is a not unsafe. Flight. Yeah, but in doing so, you come into some real problems because, of course, that's the artery that everybody runs out to their vacation home in. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to get to Payette, you're going to get out to McCall. You're going to get out to Tamarack. That's the road you take. Yeah, I, I mean, would say. there are other ways around, but it's not you, uh, easy. If you want to be a leader with a, a large following, just drive exactly the speed limit all the way to McCall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or home. Man. They won't enjoy their leader, but they you, they will stay behind you for the moment. Anyway, uh, it's a good piece of local journalism, and that's why that kind of thing is still really important. So BoiseDev.com is where you saw that story. You should check it out if you haven't already done so. Uh, we are going to talk a little more about the January 6th commission hearing and all that we heard yesterday in testimony that was given by a young lady who was actually an aide to the chief of staff, what she heard, some of what she heard secondhand, and what is being disputed after her testimony yesterday. So that needs to be part of what we're talking about And I know that you guys are going to want to chime in on some of this as well. We've already heard at least a couple of calls on, hey, this is why you can't take anything she said seriously. And I don't really buy that. I think this is a young lady that stood up, gave her testimony, knowing that it was going to be scrutinized, that she was going to be at the very least chided for things that she had to say. Um. The things that and I think she's pretty the, credible yeah, myself. For the, for the most part, the things that uh, have been disputed are the ones where she wasn't present, but but somebody told her what happened. Yeah, and yeah, I mean that that could mean it's completely wrong, but I don't think everything is wrong. I, I, when she reports about what was said in meetings and what was said in front of her, I'm guessing that she's telling the truth. Now I'm I'm going to give you a little inside baseball here. Okay, the woman that taught me how to be a journalist. Her name is Judy. Judy's daughter is Alyssa Farah, who you'll remember was part of Trump's staff during his time in the White House. I don't remember, but I'll take your word for that. You would know her because you've seen her on The View, and she's now a contributor on CNN because she was an insider for Donald Trump. 
I really don't watch The View, but again, I, I get mean, you. Yeah, okay. I'm with I'm, you. I'm with you on this one. So. One of my mentors is her mom. Okay, cool. that is cool. So I talked to mom yesterday, and she said, "Hey, look, you got to understand that this was a Trump loyal person." who stayed in the White House after a lot of people had run for cover. This is not somebody that was putting out a tell-all book. This is not somebody that has an axe to grind. This is somebody that was a Trump loyalist and is standing up to tell the truth, despite the fact she knows that in the conservative circles that she hangs with, she's going to get beat up. More than likely. And not just a little bit. So, that's a little inside baseball for you. Now, again, this is not somebody that was in the room with her, and I, I can't speak to everything that goes on. My impression of her, my gut tells me she's she's being as honest as she can in speaking under oath to this January 6th commission. So, When you're under oath, that would be wise. So, I'm trying to figure out, now that we're getting some some pushback on things that were happening uh, allegedly inside the beast or Trump's vehicle after the uh, rally that was held, you know, how much of that is true, how much of that is not, and... Anyway, we're going to play Tim, some of this for you so that you can you can make up your own mind on this. Tim says, uh, if you were faced, he's written in and says, if you were faced with having to believe Trump or anybody else on the planet, who would you believe? I get the feeling Tim doesn't believe Trump. Well, I don't, I don't much either. Um, what is the most damning part of her testimony, in your opinion, Chris? I mean, because there's a lot. There's there was a lot there. There one thing that stands I, I out. Don't, I don't know that any of it's damning. I, I mean, if. Uh, if nothing, if nothing ever happens because of it, then none of it's really damning. Um, it's a little strange that uh, she was, well, she was saying that she was t- talking to her uh, immediate supervisor and saying, we need to tell the president what's going on. And, and he said, the president knows what's going on. He doesn't want to do anything about it, and he wants to be left alone. Right. And uh, that seems odd because in times like that, people tend to, you know, to, uh, I guess, jump to it and get moving. Uh, but I, I don't think necessarily his priority was to stop what was going on. He was trying to make a point, and they were kind of making it for him. I think the the problem that I have, and I know we got to get to news here, but the temper tantrums that we hear about from inside the White House and how nobody is stepping out and saying, no, that didn't happen. But it sounds like, you know, there were some tantrums that took place. All right, KBOI News Time is 8.58. Drive home live and local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 906 on News Talk KBOI. Again, Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today. Appreciate you being with us, and we appreciate your calls. They're going to come at 208-336-3700. And I know that we have a very pro-Trump audience that listens to this station and i'm not trying to dispute that in any way shape or form and i'm not going to try and change your mind i'm just going to lay things out as i saw them yesterday 
during the committee hearings. Going to tell you what I think, and I'm going to let you tell me what you think. Fair? Chris? Everybody gets to say how they feel. Nobody has to be right or wrong. Mm, okay. Okay. So the number to call, 208-336-3700. Nobody has to be wrong? Nobody has to be wrong. Okay, I mean, can, somebody's going to say I'm wrong. Maybe that can still be fun. Somebody's going to say I'm wrong, and that's okay. Paula has written in and says the person that Cassidy said told her the story about Trump grabbing the wheel refused to testify under oath, as did most Trump defenders. So I will believe the person willing to take an oath. Interesting. That's fair. Um, So I want to make sure that you understand who said what. You know, there's been some something said about, hey, maybe there was some witness tampering going on. We don't have proof of that, but there's maybe some indications that that happened. So here's here's where I think we run into a problem with the young lady that was speaking yesterday. Hutchinson testified that she heard a secondhand account of how Trump was so enraged at his Secret Service detail for blocking him from going to the Capitol on January 6th that he lunged to the front of his presidential limo and tried to turn the wheel. She said that one of the men there, Tony Ornato, then White House Deputy Chief of Staff, said to her that Robert Engel, who was the Secret Service agent in charge on January 6th, repeatedly told Trump on their way back to the White House after Trump's ellipse speech that he wasn't safe to go to the Capitol. According to Hutchinson, Ornato recounted Trump screaming, I'm the you-know-what president, take me to the Capitol now. And then he reached up towards the front of the vehicle to grab the steering wheel. She added that, according to this man, Trump used his other hand to lunge at Angle, physically trying to, uh, I guess, attack the man. Overcome a Secret Service agent? Which is hard to believe. That's hard to do. Hard to believe, harder to do, and... By the way, it's secondhand information. Here's what you need to know about this. And this is important. After she gave her testimony, Secret Service official said to CNN that they, Ornato, the man, denied telling Hutchinson that the former president grabbed the wheel or an agent on his detail. The Secret Service, through the Department of Homeland Security office, Noted the committee after uh, telling the committee yesterday afternoon that they'll make the agents that were involved available to testify under oath and that the agents are also prepared to say under oath that the incident that was described itself did not occur. So Hutchinson, that doesn't mean, though, that she was lying about it. It just means she's giving a secondhand recount of what she was told. And as we know, when you hear gossip around the office, sometimes people chirp in, chirp, chirp over Uh here, over there. Sometimes it's good information. Oftentimes it's not. She was asked a question and she gave an answer based on what she had heard and who she had heard it from. Doesn't mean she was lying about it. It may not be accurate information. True. But my sense is that she is not lying about it, but that she may not have good information that that's what i think right and uh the the way most journalism 
is written or put together, you interview several people and uh, you make an attempt to figure out what's going on. But if you're getting conflicting stories from uh, from different people, uh, quite often you just write into the story, here's what this guy said and here's what this guy said. And you can't come to a conclusion because you weren't there and the two eyewitnesses that you have are both saying something different happened. Right. So the, simply your part of the story is uh, so-and-so said this is what the president did. You know, so-and-so who claims to have been there, who works in the office, says this is what the president did. And that's the story. And still people will call up and say, how could you say that's what the president did? To which I would say, I didn't say that's what the president did. I said that's what she said the president did. And she is supposed to be in a position to know whether she's telling the truth or not. Only she knows. We'll take your calls at 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI, or pound 67 on your Verizon wireless. And Steve is first. Steve, thanks for calling us this morning on KBOI. How are you, Steve? Good morning. Steve, are you, in, are you in Tucson? I am in Tucson, Arizona. I used to live in uh, Idaho, Boise, and then uh, Homedale Wilder area. And then I sold last December and moved down here to retire for good. You know, I, I, I don't know Chris that well, but I know Chris. Chris and I, back during the Bush era, uh, him and his sidekick. I was working out in eastern Idaho at the time. I always called this show. And we made a bet on gas. If gas would hit $5 a gallon or not, or if gas, I can't remember what it was. I won the bet when we had lunch at the Ram. Do you remember that, Chris? I do. Yeah. I, I remember yeah. A, a lot of lunches. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to, you know... <laughs> I can spot a liar. I, I'm so good at spotting liars. You know, a lot of people hire me just to spot liars sometimes. I can smell a liar like a fart in an elevator. But anyway, Cassidy was telling the truth. And, and you know what's sad is that if you've been following the hearings at all or following anything, you know that Trump is responsible for every death that happened on that day, especially Ashley Babbitt. Hmm. Oh, we lost you. Sorry about that, Steve. We'll try and get you back. Oh, did it drop out? Yep. It did. Rich, you're up next. Thanks for calling us on KBOI this morning. Hi, Rich. Hello. Well, you know, one thing, though, that the reason why all the witnesses are Trump-supporting Republicans is because they're the only ones who have firsthand information. But... You're missing the whole point of Cassidy's testimony. Which is? You're off on this. Well, that, that Trump knew that those, there were people armed at, there, and he was trying to get rid of the magnetometers, and he wanted those people to come in with their weapons, and he wanted to lead them. You know, that... That was the main point of her testimony, this the business about throwing the plate or grabbing the driver. That was just sort of an ancillary story. But the crux of it was Trump wanting to lead the, the mob to the Capitol. A lot of people deny that Trump even told them to go to the Capitol. But I mean, he said they were all going to walk that, down there together. Yeah, yeah, and that he was going with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I've heard people say that, that that he never really said to go to the Capitol, but... Yeah, a bit, but he he was wanting, but he he knew that the armed that the guards were armed, and the story about uh, uh, them, to, you know, people saying hang Mike Pence, and Trump still issued a, a tweet 
and he wasn't willing and he wasn't willing to do anything to stop the riot. That was the main part of the testimony that I got. I mean, the the story about grabbing a string or throwing the plate, that's hardly important. Well, I, I don't know that it's not important. I I personally don't think the president tried to manhandle the Secret Service agent. I personally well, don't believe it. that. And I personally don't well, believe he tried to lunge over to grab the steering wheel of a moving limousine. I don't believe that either. But... I still feel like the witness is credible and that she wasn't lying in giving that second-hand account of what happened. I also think it's it's pretty good information when you hear that the president's throwing his lunch around and throwing plates up against the wall. And I think it shows a diaper baby who didn't get his way. Well, we all we all we all know that, but uh, you know, I want to hear. She claims that this Tony or somebody told her the story. Well, let's get him under oath to testify and find out if that's what he actually told her or not. Let you know, and, and if he refuses to testify, like most Trump supporters have refused to testify, then I'm going to have to believe the person who was willing to testify under oath. Let's get that guy under oath and see if he really told her that story. Thank you very much for calling today, Rich. We appreciate it. Mike has uh, written in and and takes, uh, uh, well, he uh, thinks something I said was incorrect. Uh, Mike says, why would you speculate that Trump could have or would, hang on. Great, it just asked me for my ID. (laughs) Right in the middle of the question. I'm going to read that one from Mike when we come back. Okay, Okay. tell you what, we'll take a break. We're also going to talk about the 25th Amendment being invoked which was kind of important in yesterday's hearing as well. More on that when we come back. KBOI News Time is 916. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Our uh, email system is apparently a lot uh, safer than it used to be because uh, a couple of times a week they will ask you for you know, a, a number that they'll send you on your cell phone. Uh, unfortunately, every, almost every time they've done that, I've, it's, I've been reading something out loud. Gotcha. Uh, however, I, I passed. And uh, I'll go back to Mike. Uh, well, he, he uh, I had said that, okay, you know, Donald Trump obviously wanted to go to the Capitol because if all this is true about him, you know, arguing with or fighting with, the Secret Service agents is true. Then he obviously wanted to go to cap- the Capitol and march down there with everybody. And I speculated that, you know, had he gotten up in front of everybody and, and spoken, maybe nobody would have actually gone into the Capitol. They just would have, you know, been really loud and rowdy. Maybe it will but be they a little have, more controlled. They would maybe? Have, well, maybe they would have stayed out there and, uh, <clears throat> and taken their cues from him. I don't know that for a fact. The, 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 it's, it's moot because he wasn't there because the Secret Service apparently wouldn't let him. However... Mike says, Chris, why would you speculate that Trump could have or would have stopped the sacking of the Capitol on January 6th by going there himself? Please check the timeline. At noon, Trump begins speaking at the ellipse, telling the crowd, we will never give up. We will never concede. Before his speech ends, crowds gather outside the Capitol, wielding flags and weapons. One man stands on a makeshift gallows, complete with a noose. The crowd chants, fight for Trump. At the Capitol at 1 p.m., a wave of protesters turns into rioters by storming the outer police barrier. 
At 1.05 p.m., Trump ends his speech. A large part of the crowd marches to the Capitol, shouting, USA, USA, USA. The Secret Service stops Trump from going to the Capitol, which, considering packed streets, would have taken at least 20 minutes to safely drive the two-mile route. At 1.30 p.m. on the backside of the Capitol, rioters break through the barriers. Shortly after 2 p.m., rioters break windows and climb into the Capitol and open doors for others to follow. In your theory, Trump could have arrived at the Capitol at 1.25 p.m. and stopped the riot in five minutes. It's more likely he would have urged them on, as shown by his uh, 2.24 p.m. tweet that Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what should have been done to protect our country and our Constitution. USA demands the truth. Just before 3 p.m., rioters broke into the Senate chamber, marching through the halls, banging on doors, destroying property, and breaking into offices, including Pelosi's. Trump finally tweeted a video at 4.17 p.m. asking the rioters to go home in peace and respect the law. That's a three-hour-plus delay in asking for a withdrawal. The timeline damns Trump. Even today, he declares that he won the election. That's Mike. That is true. Well, that's a well-thought-out email, if uh, not a little scattered, based on how you got into it, my man. But I think uh, there's some good points to be made there, for sure. Paul, you're up next. Thanks for calling us. On KBOI, Paul, how are you? I'm fine. How are you today over in Boise? Good. Thank you very much. What can we do for you today, Paul? Well, I just I thought the, the lady who was at the hearing yesterday did not pass the Trump derangement syndrome smell test. It just it didn't sound authentic. It sounded like it was um, well thought out. And it just, it didn't sound real. You feel like she was making it up? Yeah. In in a lot of, in a lot of ways it did. It sounded like it was made up and like she was coached. And they did manage to say that she had been gone through four different um, coaching sessions, if you will, for lack of a better word for coaching. But she went through four of these sessions. And I thought if you're going to go over something four times, you're going to be able to change the nuance of it, and it's going to sound a lot worse. You know, I, I understand how you feel about that. Uh, I did think to myself during the questioning from Liz Cheney that it was it was very well lined up. You said we have this question for you, and we had this question for you earlier, and this is how you responded during your taped deposition, and then they would play clip, and then she would come back and uh, redirect and. You know, yeah, they were definitely leading her down the path, but I didn't feel like any of it was made up because there's, here's the thing. And Paul, when, when you go on stage in front of the American public and you've got an ax to grind, it would be evident that she had an ax to grind, but that wasn't the case. And also there's nothing for her to gain in lying. There isn't anything there at the end of it that she gets if she lies. The only thing she gets if she lies is nobody wanting her to have a job the rest of her life. That's I don't uh, see. That's where you and I would disagree wholeheartedly. I would say that she stands to get a really good job with the other side, with the Democrats. She's not a Democrat. She's a Trump loyalist who was in the Trump White House, worked for one of Trump's most loyal people. That's what I'm saying. She she could see the light that she's going to get a better job by doing that and be promised that, not inside those walls. 
And uh, I just, I see that it's a possibility. I'm not saying that that's exactly what happened. Okay. And I, yes, I do realize that she was a Trump loyalist, but I just don't think she she passed the Trump loyalist smell test. How is Trump it that during- nobody else is standing up and refuting her testimony? The only person that says, nope, that's not true, is Donald Trump. Yeah. I mean... Uh, that that's how I'm looking at it. The only well, person that says that's not true is Donald Trump. It's early, and maybe maybe more people will, but they haven't so far. The only people that have stood up and said, "Wait a minute, we refute some of that testimony." It's the Secret Service just talking about what happened in the limo. Nobody else is right. standing up and saying any of that that she said isn't true. Now, how much how much of that was was said to her about what had occurred, and what did she actually? see in person and hear in person well did you watch the testimony yesterday i only saw snippets of it snippets of it, it was it, it was clear when she was she was good at explaining her point and it was clear uh when she was talking about something that she had actually seen or heard or getting secondhand for information i mean th- there was a difference between the way she talked about each one yeah she, she, she wasn't a she didn't seem like a bad witness no matter what she said and, so Paul, I'm not yeah. going to try and change your mind about it. If you don't believe her, you don't believe her, yeah. and I'm okay with that. That's I just, true. you know, yeah. it, I think I think everybody sees things a little bit differently based on what they want to see sometimes, and I think yeah. I'm like that too. So I'm not just yeah. not just pointing at you. But I appreciate your call this morning, Paul. Thank you very much, Mike from Boise. This is a different Mike. Says Trump wanted to join a killer mob attacking the U.S. Capitol so he could help overthrow our country's presidential election. Nothing to see here. Okay, Mike, not a fan. Not a fan. No. Number to call, 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. And I want to know what you think, because what you think is pretty important here. KBOI News Time is 926. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. All right, take a breath. 9.32 on News Talk KBOI. Mike Casper is out today. I'm Rick Worthington, trying to fill the spot here. Mike will be back next week. A lot of things that we've been talking about today are uh, hitting a nerve, and I understand that, based on what the testimony was during the uh, January 6th committee hearing yesterday. Uh, Yeah, I can understand why you might want to talk about that. So let's go back to the phones. The number to call, 208-336-3700. And I understand, Chris, you have some instant messages you want to get to as well. I, I do. Robin uh, wanted to talk about something different that we did talk about earlier. She says, the Yellowstone subject brought to mind a series I have been watching on Discovery+. Plus. It is called The River of No Return and chronicles caretakers of several of the remote ranches on the Salmon River, one being Mackie Bar, for example. It is fascinating and fun because I have been to some of the places they are covering. All right. Thank you, Robin. Uh, John, you're up first. John in Napa, thanks for calling us on News Talk KBOI. Hi, John. Good morning. I, I'm, I fail to see why we keep stepping around in nonsense uh, in the news, the urine stream media, about stuff. Uh, who, who is this person that was testimo- testifying before Liz Cheney today, yesterday? What's her name? Cassidy, you don't know Cassidy Hutchinson. Yeah, Cassidy, is yeah she's uh, uh, she yes, was. Uh, uh, oh, go ahead. Cash Patel and the two uh, Secret Service agents 
have already said publicly that it never happened. No, we, we realize and, that. Mm-hmm. We realize well, that. Why would you put down hearsay as, you know, hey, we, we got to look into this. Well, I, you know, I think hey, you, gotta- you may not have heard me say that if there's any testimony that I question, it's the hearsay that secondhand information that she it, got and revealing, you know, this is what I heard. This is where I heard it from. Yeah, I, I, I think if the there's problem. if there's anything that I think is worth questioning, that's it. But that doesn't mean it's that she lied time. about it. Well, she couldn't have. She had to have known it wasn't. It wasn't. I mean, that gives her an out. I get it. People, the best liars on the planet, always have an out for 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 their uh, little trail of tears. Well, she said, but, "I didn't hear this firsthand. This is where I heard it from. This is who yeah. I heard it from." Yeah, and that's doubtful. That that's that's probably the lie too. But I realize anybody. I realize. Now, hang on. And we have and said on this show people. that we understand that the Secret Service has already said. They're willing to get the agents that were there available and have them testify under oath that that didn't happen. And we, we said so. So why the airtime? Why give it any credibility at all? She's not a Trump supporter. You keep saying that, too. She's, She's not? not a staunch. No. She worked why, in why the White you? House for his biggest yeah. ally, his so chief did, of staff. So of, she so gave him legal advice on a daily basis is what she thought he should and shouldn't do. And stayed in the White House. So did a lot of moles. They're waiting for their opportunity to Oh, that's why she must have been a mole, because there's so much waiting for her at the end of that rainbow. There's a huge pot of gold. You're right. I can see that right away. And she thinks Liz Cheney is going to give her... Where is the benefit? Liz Cheney is going to give her a job when when they believe this whole thing... Liz Cheney is going to have a job in about a month. (laughs) She doesn't know that. You know that, and so do I. Yeah, yeah. She's, she's not going to have a job anywhere. She's going to be out in Wyoming, sitting out in the sagebrush, retired. She's not going to be and, doing and anything. Well, she's going to have this little girl for a servant to do get her stuff, probably. That, her servant, is, right? Yeah, she's going to be running coffee for her for something. John, I just don't, I don't understand how you're connecting the dots here, man. I think you're really trying very hard. John, John let me ask you this question: Is there anybody in government whose word you would take? Uh, as complete gospel truth and never question. Uh, never quite. No. <laughs> Who would you come closest? Uh, well, I used to. I don't know. I, I, I kind of. I, I know. I know Russ Fulcher and I know uh, Raul Labrador, and I, I have a reason to believe them. Yeah, knowing him, knowing him in have, person is a big deal. Yeah, sure. that's true. Yeah, I'll take that. So, so they'll. they'll you can't you can't really trust you have to have a certain amount of discernment before you do or say or be anywhere and m- most of most of the government most of the democrats in fact are are banking on somebody else's respectability to get to where they are that's this is this is just a game to them and it's real life to the rest of us what what do you mean somebody else's respectability what does that mean oh well, I think the most blatant one is uh, Nancy Pelosi trying to pretend like she's a good Catholic taking communion and she's absolved of all her sins when she's admitted that she would rather have, uh, you know, abortion available, which is murder, which is flies directly in the face of God. If you're going to use that for your credibility, you've lost it in, in everybody's eyes that I know anyways. If, if you're going to try to play off the God credibility, because you're not. You've, you've totally misunderstood what 
the God's word is all about if you're going to go there. John, thanks very much for calling. I got a lot of you, folks I want to get to, so I need to let you go. But oh, thank you very much. I we mean, appreciate there's, it. there's never been a shortage of Washington of people claiming to be Christian. That's true. Who don't seem to know anything about the New Testament. Kevin, thanks for calling us on KBOI. Kevin in Caldwell, how are you doing? Good morning. Thanks um, for calling. You know, Rick, you've been a, yeah, you're a I'm, I'm sorry, you fuzzed out bad. I just didn't hear that. Could you say that again, please? You, you better calm down. You're going to blow a gasket. <laughs> that, maybe. Um, <laughs> Where do you keep well, your gaskets? I understand. I understand your your beliefs, and and I appreciate you being honest there, and and you know expressing your personal connection. I just have to say, I lost. I mean, she lost credibility when immediately the Secret Service and the driver came out and said they would testify. Mm-hmm. that that was not true. And I mean, it, even if that's what she was told, that shoots down all of her testimony. See, I, I, I disagree with you there. So there's, no way, you why, there's no way that they're lying? No. What I'm saying is that people, see, maybe you guys come at it looking at it from a different angle. I come as a Trump supporter. I look at it and say she's been discredited on one thing. Who's to say she's not lying on, on everything? And, and like you said earlier, you wanted to hear what people think. I'm just telling you sure. what I think. I'm not saying she's hey, we're I just asking that, you, Kevin. we're just asking you questions totally because respect what, that. what you think is interesting, so we're interested yeah. in what you think. So Kevin, let me let me just shoot yeah. another question back at you because you don't feel that this woman is credible because she clearly had to have lied. I'm just I don't want to put words in your mouth. Has Donald Trump ever lied? You ever lied to the American um, public? Has he lied? A few times, maybe willing, a lot of times. I would be willing to bet that 100% of the human race has lied. I mean, but what about in Donald front Trump? of the American public. Well, you feel like he's well, ever he's told even, a little white lie or maybe even a big, fat, ugly lie? Well, I if last I checked, I think that Donald Trump is part of the human race. So, yeah, I would okay. say, yeah. But well, like I, I, I said, think she is, too. She is, too. If I may... If I may say one more thing. Sure thing. Sure. My do- how, how old is this gal? 25? Around that, yeah. Yeah. When my daughter was 25, she was conservative as all get out. She was Christian and she was pro-life. She's now 28. She is as liberal as they come. She's pro-choice as they come. And I don't even think she's a Christian anymore. People change, especially young women with the way society is today. Mm-hmm. It's hard to find a young lady who no, has that mindset. This There's is a, a chance that maybe she's changing and different than you know. <laughs> this is a bad time for me to bring this up, but uh, I've been told that uh, your brain isn't fully developed till you're 25 years old, but th- that's not based on your story. That's just what I've been told in the past. I was, I was going to say that before you said that. Hey, and Kevin, yeah. it's, it's worth I, saying as I well agree. that I respect your opinion, and I, I accept the fact that people are not always going to agree with me here. I tend to feel yeah. like this woman that gave testimony yesterday did something that a lot of other people were unwilling to do. And I respect her for doing that. I don't think that everything she said was a lie, the same as I don't think everything Donald Trump has ever said is a lie. But I'll take her it, word over his. It's just really sad, though, that you know things can be said in this hearing, and there can be no accountability if they were false, and they and they either demean or they destroy one's one's reputation. For instance, if I came along and said, "Hey, I heard from somebody that you're a pedophile," and I put that out there on on national television to you know somebody, or, or if I you mean, uh, pointed you know, at people or, and said, "You you are fake news, and what you've done your whole life or career is completely worthless," that would be similar to that, right? Or, or or the or the whole story of hey when did you stop beating your wife I mean mm-hmm. 
these things that's this is trial by public uh, media and this isn't right it just isn't right it's going to be done better than this kevin oh, i always appreciate your calling even if we disagree you're always welcome in here man okay thank you very Thanks, much appreciate you it yeah you take day. care yeah i'm not going to agree with everybody that calls and certainly people out there don't agree with me i called the i called donald trump a diaper baby earlier I, that got somebody upset. I'm sorry. Well, I mean, but you, you, it, he was throwing tantrums. It depends on how you against the wall. It depends on how you look at it. Some people would simply call that passion. You know that he really believed in whatever it was that he was throwing. It's also th- called throwing, a, throwing a temper the tantrum that you try and teach your three year old. Don't do that. True, but they still do. Yeah, they do. Uh, Kevin, but they uh, grow out of it. Kevin like, wrote in and part. said, uh, "I find it funny how many people are upset about who was on the committee." especially looking at how many Trump backers refused to testify. Therefore, they can use the defense that we didn't get the chance to say what really happened. Jim Jordan, who I respect as a former national champion wrestler that he was, believes he should be on the committee when he is one of the key people who was involved in knowledge of what went on during the insurrection, and he also refused to testify. I didn't hear anybody say that he asked for a pardon. That's, That's true, right? Uh, right. This is the same Jordan who played dumb when he was accused of having knowledge of sexual abuse by teen doctors at Ohio State when he was the assistant coach. Let's face it, Trump called it when he said he could stand on a corner and shoot someone and still get elected. His followers are so enamored, or hero worship, or just plain stupid, or affected by cognitive dissonance, wow. in which they refuse to challenge and change their fixed beliefs regarding Trump. His history going back decades should leave no doubt as to who he really is. And that was Kevin. And if you pay attention, you might know who Kevin was. On that. You can call us on that or anything else you've heard on today's program at 208-336-3700. Pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. 1-800-529-KBOI. Who do you believe? You believe Donald Trump? He was all over his social network. Blasting her and anything that she said. She's not very important. She's not telling the truth. There's a lot of that going on yesterday. Or do you believe what she was telling under oath to the committee? All right. Your chance to weigh in on this. Steve, thanks for calling us this morning on KBOI. Hi, Steve. How you doing, guys? We're okay. You know, I'll say I'll say one thing for Donald Trump. He got people involved. I mean, he added twenty five million votes. Uh, from the 2016 election to the 2020 election, 25 million votes added. He added 11 million to the Republicans, and he added 14 million to the Democrats. Now, if you think that's reasonable... Interesting that's reasonable. way to put it. Well, and that's what happened. You look at the numbers. And, and if you don't think that that's either logical or fraudulent... Then, then you're not getting what's going on. It's got to be one or the other. To, uh, it's either to, logical. To, uh, to argue otherwise would be to say, no, no, it was Joe Biden that inspired everyone. Yes, indeed. Yeah, from his basement. But you know what? I'm glad he did what he did because it opened the eyes of a lot of Americans. And, uh, you know, you can say all you want about him. He's not a... Po- He's not a politician in the sense of getting into Congress at an early age and staying there until he dies. He's a businessman. He's, he's paid these people to do things for him over the years. He's funded campaigns. 
He's been politically involved. He's been uh, communally involved. The man is a pillar, as far as I'm concerned. And you can look at a pillar either way, whether it's good or whether it's bad. And he's friends with that my pillar guy. Well, yeah, he is that. Good one. Oh, Walton, that was a good one. That was funny. All right, we're going to end on the joke. Uh, Once in a while I get lucky. Uh, we got to take a break. Thank you very much for the call, by the way. We'll get through our last couple of calls, 208-336-3700, the number you can call if you want in. We'll take a break. We'll be right back. KBOI Newstime, 946. The Great One, Mark Levin, tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 949, News Talk KBOI, Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. Appreciate your participation in today's program, by the way. I know that there's a lot more that will be and needs to be said about everything that went on in front of the uh, committee yesterday. Um, we only have so much time for it, and that's kind of why we can only take this last call. Sean is in Wilder. Thanks for calling us today on KBOI, Sean. Yeah, I think uh, the first statement I got to make about uh, the testimony yesterday is when you lie about one or two things, basically your testimony is going to get thrown out because people aren't going to believe you. And the Secret Service guys have already came out and stated that those statements that she made were false, correct? They said that they would testify under oath that what she said... That it never happened. That it did not happen. She did say that it was secondhand information and that she was told that this would happen. There you go. Well, that doesn't mean that she lied about it. It doesn't mean that somebody didn't tell her that. Well, well, then what, if you don't hear or see it yourself, then you, how, how can you actually raise your right hand and say, you know what, I swear this is the truth? She swore that it. that's what she heard. She, she swore that look, somebody told her that. I'm not saying that's all. that it happened. I'm saying that if there's anything that you can look at and say, well, I don't know about that. I'm saying that's worth looking at. And we already said that, yeah, Secret Service is willing to come under oath and say the people that were involved, in fact, are willing to be under oath and say that's not what happened. And that's great. I'm glad. But there isn't anybody else that's standing up and saying, hey, you remember that other thing that she heard about the, the 25th Amendment? That's not true. Well, Nobody's standing up and saying that. A couple of things maybe was correct. But when you, when you basically, you, she lied. Did she not? She did not tell the truth. No, I, the secret you, you can't say that she didn't tell the truth. All you can say that what she heard may not have been correct. Look, did you hear me just say that the Secret Service is willing to come up and, and, and say that that's not what happened? See, you could go under oath and say, well, I heard Rick say it. I heard Rick say that the, the Secret Service said that it's not correct. What I said may not have been correct, but you could still go under oath and say, truthfully, this is what I heard. Yeah, yeah but most judges in, in any court would say, you know what, this is hearsay. You cannot uh, tell tell a jury that you cannot, uh, you know, go on with this hearsay. Yeah, but they're, hearsay. they're not in front of a judge. It's a committee. That's the whole problem. They're in front of a bunch of yahoos that the Democrats basically put in place. <laughs> And as far as Trump, you know what? That guy opened more Americans' eyes 
of what is really going on in this country. And, you know, he may not be the best person out there. I'm not saying I agree with everything he has to say or whatever, but he more opened more Americans' eyes of what is really going on in this country. That's fair. How much. Sure, that's fair. And how much. Sure, that's fair. Oh, we just, we didn't mean to hang up on you if we did. Sorry about that. You're not wrong. He absolutely opened a lot of eyes. You're absolutely correct in that. And in fact, a lot of people are going to say because all the judges that he put on the Supreme Court, he did the best job of any president, conservative president in a long, long time. And, you know, that's relevant. Absolutely is. Daniel has written in and says, hello, Chris, I don't believe what she said about Trump. The only people that he would grab are defenseless women by the whom you. Okay. Oh, wow. Wow, I that's can, where you I could I could see that one coming Ooh, down the street. Wow, didn't see that happening today. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Jerry wrote in to say Cassidy. <laughs> Cassidy isn't the only person to say that when Trump wow. was asked about Pence, Trump said he deserved whatever happened to him, uh, which, you know, can always possibly just be rhetoric. I'm still reeling from that email, Walt. Bruce says on, uh, Cassidy Hutchinson and Liz Cheney both sacrificed promising careers to testify, and they had nothing to gain. Well, others are saying that they did. And let's see. I've got oh. one more call here I want to try and oh, squeeze in. Yeah, Lee go, is go in Meridian. Lee, thanks for calling us on KBOI today. Got about a minute here. Get after it. Okay, so I, I think that the hearing is a complete joke because obviously they're not hearing from the other side. And if you're going to allow testimony that's hearsay, that, I mean, what, where do we ever allow that? That's what the media has been doing for the last six years, reporting on hearsay. And I agree. What do we find out? I agree. Yeah, it's just, it's, you it's shouldn't say this is – you should only talk about what you've seen and what you've heard firsthand. Don't give me what somebody else said. But – and then this, on the other hand, a lot of a lot of what was going on inside the White House at that time is meetings and notes and phone calls. And these guys were at this hotel. And, hey, there's people texting about invoking the 25th Amendment. I mean, those are all those are all pretty important and powerful things to know. There were multiple people allegedly in Trump's cabinet that are like, we need to we need to get the 25th Amendment going right now. So much so, Sean Hannity's tweeting the president, or texting, texting Mark Meadows, not the president, excuse hmm. me. Well, it sounds, it sounds crazy, right? It sounds crazy. Hell but, yes, it sounds crazy. But, but Hell yes, it does. Perhaps, perhaps, some of the stuff that's been coming out since... Dinesh D'Souza's video and whatnot is giving credence to it. Well, I hope that we're going to get more answers to all this. And Lee, thank you very much for the call. We're about out of time here. We'll try and do better tomorrow. I know there's going to be a lot more on this conversation. We'll try and pick it up from there tomorrow morning on Thursday. All right. KBOI News Time is 956.